Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Friday, April 15th edition of the Basement Academy. Today is Good Friday, the day when we uh, commemorate, remember, mark, and observe uh, the death of our Lord Jesus on the cross. A number of us gathered last night in the chapel for our Monday Thursday service when Jesus instituted uh, the Lord's Supper, uh, the Last Supper, as we uh, sometimes refer to it as well. And so I want to begin with a, a psalm that's one of the five psalms of the day, Psalm 75, and there's a language in here about a cup. In the hand of the Lord is a cup, and the wicked drink it down to its very dregs. And so Jesus takes the cup of wrath from God and drinks it on behalf of a sinful world. This is what Jesus is wrestling with in the Garden of Gethsemane if there's any other way for this cup to pass. And so Psalm 75 is fulfilled in uh, the Garden of Gethsemane wrestling prayer and in uh, the death of Jesus on the cross. And so let me read Psalm 75. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. Men tell of your wonderful deeds. You say, I choose the appointed time. It is I who judge uprightly. When the earth and all its people quake, it is I who hold its pillars firm. To the arrogant I say, boast no more. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horns. Do not lift your horns against heaven. Do not speak with outstretched neck. No one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt a man. But it is God who judges. He brings one down. He exalts another. In the hand of the Lord is a cup full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours it out. And all the wicked of the earth drink it down to its very dregs. As for me, I will declare this forever. I will sing praise to the God of Jacob. I will cut off the horns of all the wicked but the horns of the righteous will be lifted up. Amen. Thanks be to God for Jesus' willingness to drink the cup so that we don't have to. Okay, I guess one last reflection on the Sermon on the Mount, um, kind of a Good Friday reflection. And so we recall that this was spoken at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, don't ever think, we should never think that Jesus wasn't serious in telling the truth about Pharisaic hypocrisy. The righteousness of the Pharisees was no righteousness at all. It was a pseudo-righteousness. It was a false righteousness. It was a self-righteousness. And so throughout, we know the story, right? Throughout the course of his ministry, he's constantly being antagonized. He's constantly being confronted, tested uh, by the Pharisees, by the Sadducees, another one of the religious party. They, they were, you know, comprised the, the religious establishment. And so at the end of his public ministry, and the final week of his life, uh, there is a scorching pronouncement that Jesus makes upon the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. Uh, 
lest we think he was just kind of, you know, kind of calling them out a little bit in the Sermon on the Mount. No, it just builds and it builds and it builds. And so I'm going to read an extended passage from uh, uh, Matthew chapter 23, seven woes upon the scribes or the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. Your ears will be burning at the end of this. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must obey them and do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for men to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted in the marketplaces and to have men call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have only one master, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one Father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called teacher, for you have one teacher, the Christ. The greatest among you will be your servant, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a, a son of hell as you are. Woe to you, blind guides. You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing, but if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing, but if anyone swears by the gift on it, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And he who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. 
In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisies and wickedness. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our forefathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of the sin of your forefathers, you snakes. You brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your own synagogues and pursue from town to town. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. I tell you the truth, all this will come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he, who comes in the name of the Lord. Sizzling hot. Jesus. Wow. And so what begins in the Sermon on the Mount, calling out the hypocrisy, they're actors, they're, they're playing at the game of religion. They have no serious intention, no serious devotion. It's all for themselves. Everything they do is to be seen by men. And so that which begins to be called out at the beginning, at, at, the, at the outset of his ministry, is concluded here in these seven woes. And let's not forget who it was that bargained with Judas <laughs> and arranged with him to arrest Jesus. So they paid him off. They were not interested in pursuing truth. They were not interested in righteousness. They were not interested in finding out if Jesus was Messiah. They were interested in protecting and preserving their own power and influence and status. Not all, thankfully. Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea, they're noted uh, in, in the Gospels as those who did uh, come to embrace Jesus. But don't forget who it was that condemned him to die. It was the Sanhedrin, which was a, a ruling council of uh, the religious establishment, the religious leaders, comprised of Pharisees and Sadducees. Think kind of political parties, right? Not, not quite the same, but, but, but essentially that, that's what's going on. And so they conspire together to have Jesus uh, betrayed, arrested, uh, a sham mock trial, Lest they contaminate themselves, they hand him over to Pilate so that the Romans can be the ones who actually put him to death. Otherwise, Jesus would have been stoned. But they were interested in um, um, religious purity because it was Passover weekend. And so they wanted to be able to be clean 
so that they could celebrate the Passover. Ritual observance of God's miraculous salvation. And here they are conspiring to put an innocent man to death. And they, they want to hand him over. They won't even enter into uh, Pilate, the, the palace where Pilate is, lest they be unclean. Ritual uncleanness. The tradition of the elders had, had grown so much that they could condemn an innocent man to die. And yet they are thinking that it's all about staying uh, ritually pure so that they can go celebrate the Passover. Hypocrites. Jesus rightly calls them hypocrites. So no wonder they condemned him to die, right? After all that Jesus uh, confronted them with. And so in the cross, we find a, a, a significant measure of fulfillment of the Sermon on the Mount itself. Uh, Jesus, poor in spirit there, allowing himself to be stripped naked, nailed to a cross. He is persecuted because of righteousness. He is the peacemaker as he stretches out his arms. He is making peace with his cross. Um, he, there's a purity of heart. He is hungering and thirsting for righteousness, aching for Jerusalem here. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed for you but you are always killing the prophets. Um, you know, he, he, he calls them out again for wanting to be seen by men. So that, that theme that he introduces in the Sermon on the Mount comes to fruition kind of in a, in a negative way. Um, they're, they're all about mammon. They're all about this world. They're all about money. They're all about influence and status and power. They're, they're not interested in the things of God. And so in, in some strange way, Jesus fulfills the Sermon on the Mount uh, in, his, um, in his death. And he cries out, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do, loving his enemies to the end. As he takes the, the cup of wrath from his father, according to the father's set plan, Jesus drinks the cup of wrath. He bears the sin of the world, takes it upon himself. And so um, the, the Sermon on the Mount, while it stands alone, it foreshadows. And sure enough, the followers of Jesus become persecuted by this very same group that put Jesus to death. They conspire to attack uh, and harm and arrest and, and do violence against the early church, who they believe are, are blasphemers. They're, they're, I mean, that's their justification or their rationalization, right? Because sin always finds a way to rationalize itself. So, um, yeah, just struck with that. On this Good Friday, as Jesus goes to the cross, let us not think that we are untainted by the sin of the Pharisees, by the hypocrisy, by the religious show that we go through when, in fact, there are times that we don't intend to actually do the words of, of God, do the words of Jesus, fulfill God's plan and purposes. We, we, like the Pharisees, carve out little loopholes and we make excuses why it is that we're not going to do the things that Jesus would have us do. And so thanks be to God for his mercy revealed in the death of Jesus on the cross. What, what happens there 
atones for every sin you and I have ever committed and every sin we will commit. Our failure to live up to and into this high calling. But what we do is as those who have been forgiven, we rise and we follow. We have been made alive with Christ. We, we've been seated with Christ. We're, we're raised with Christ. We follow him. And so we stumble our way along this narrow road, uh, trusting in the grace and mercy of God, trying to live grace and truth. So let us take some time today to contemplate uh, our need of the Savior's love and of the precious blood of Jesus. And let's take some time. If you can gather tonight at 7.30 p.m., uh, we'll gather in the chapel uh, for a, a brief, I mean, it'll you know, be 30, 40 minutes or so, uh, just prayers, uh, reading the, the story, uh, extended reading uh, from the Gospels, and times of silence and reflection. And so I invite you to come if you can. And so on this Good Friday, uh, let us pause, give thanks to the Lord, and then let us close with the Lord's Prayer. Father, thank you for your mercy the mercy of Jesus Christ, that while we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his love for us and that Christ died for us. You do not wait for us to achieve righteousness. We could never do that. So Christ dies. He drinks the cup so that we might become the righteousness of God. And so help us to live into this high and holy calling as the apprentices of Jesus. Help us to always acknowledge our need, our poverty of spirit, how much we are like the Pharisees. But thank you for loving us into a new way of being. And so, Lord, hear our prayer on this Good Friday as we pray how our Lord Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Even this day in the face of Jesus Christ who gave himself for you. Bless you now and forever. Amen.